When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Bold, reverent, and occasionally random, the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast starts now. I am writing a book. You just got to go around on your book tour. I'm writing a book, so... That's what you're doing all Labor Day weekend? Yes. Yes, pretty much. You don't I'm have gonna, a single fun thing planned for the entire long weekend? Um, reading the books for research to <laughs> write the book is somewhat enjoyable. Does and Carrie I have, have anything fun planned oh, for she, the entire yeah, weekend? She's gonna, yeah, she's going to go out with the girls. She played golf last night. She's going to have a great time. I, I'm going to go into full Hobbit in his little uh, den mode and be writing until my little fingers uh, get numb, and that is the plan. But it's coming. it's coming along. It's coming along. Um, and, uh, yeah, I hope people have more fun things planned than that. I'm sure I'll eat some good food at some point, do some other, do some other good things. I can't believe the summer is, uh, at a close now. You would think that, I don't know, it, it went by very, very quickly. So I'm happy that, uh, people have a day off to contemplate. It's interesting. We could, uh, think of the history of, of Labor Day another time, perhaps. In the meantime, Mr. Clay... Actually, why don't you tell everybody we've got going on? It's third hour before holiday weekend. We're not in a, there's not any big break. All the journos, everybody, they've they're already they on the out. way to the vineyard or whatever. Yeah. They're 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 heading to the Jersey Shore right now. They don't care. It's a good time to break news if you have any negative news out there that you just want to dump in. There's tons of college football games going on. Everybody's bailing. Uh I've been on the road for the last month. So with the book and everything else. And so I'm just excited to be home. I'm going to go to the Virginia-Tennessee game uh, in Nashville tomorrow. I'm going to go to a high school football game tonight. Uh, Basically the next decade of my life, I'm going to be going to high school football games now because my boys are getting to those ages where they're playing high school football and everything else. 
you know, I, I played a lot of different sports. You and I actually played similar sports, Gurman. You played soccer, I played soccer. Were you a tennis guy? I was really into tennis. Which Never on a team. Surprising. I played baseball, I played basketball, I played, um, but by high school, I was a yeah. soccer player. Yeah. I played basketball too until my dream of being able to dunk easily one day. That came crashing down in about the eighth grade when I realized that uh, despite all the calf raises I could do, you know, all the uh, exercises for the gas, the strength shoes, the Jimmy. Remember Jimmy on Seinfeld who had like the jumping shoes? Like, remember, remember those shoes that they had that well, were the supposed Reebok to make you pumps that you used to squeeze? Oh yeah, D Brown like won the slam dunk contest with the Reebok pumps. That's right. The, the slam dunk contest was a cultural phenomenon for a while. I remember this back in the day oh, with yeah. Michael Jordan, Spud Webb. Uh, I remember him. He was, I think, 5'8", and he won it one year. That's right. And so I remember, and I was like, I'm taller than 5'8". I'm in the 8th grade or ninth grade. Like, maybe I can dunk. It turned out, no. No. I was. I had to be uh, pleased with just, just hitting the bottom of the net with my hand. That was as close as I got, which no one's impressed What by percentage that. of men do you think can dunk a basketball? Oh, man. I mean, well, depends on what age. I mean, right? like peak age, right? Like 23 or 24, right? Like when you, when you are before you have gone off the deep end of not being super athletic, like if you can't dunk when you're 23 or 24, you probably are never going to be able to dunk a basketball. So well, whatever like peak athletic age you want to point. We to. looked up um, earlier in the week. And I think it's three percent of men are six foot two or above. Yes. So a six foot three or six foot four guy, I think, is in pretty good uh, you know, there's a pretty decent likelihood that they would be able to, but not all of them would be able to. Very few people below that height, I yeah. would argue, um, are going to be able to dunk easily. So I, I would think it's probably 1%. I think that's 1% exact, of that's people. That's the exact number that I was going to go with. 1% of Americans or, you know, men in general, probably around the world, can dunk a basketball. Yeah. But, it's uh, maybe the rarest athletic trait that everybody would aspire to and almost no one can do right like if you play golf you could hit a hole in one even if you're a really bad golfer you can go out and hit a bunch of three pointers I think dunking a basketball is the rarest athletic trait that everybody would love to be able to do and almost no one can I would agree to this day I have never I have never dunked although if you didn't uh, I think there's a video of Tom Segura, who's a very, very talented comedian. Um, he was on Joe Rogan recently, and he, he, he's made jokes about this, too. But I, I somehow, in my Twitter feed, I think it was, I saw this video. He, maybe a year ago, on a bet, tried to dunk and managed to, like, snap his patellar tendon oh, no. and also break his arm at the same time. I mean, it was really... Really hurt himself. So this is a way of saying for all of us, all of us weekend warriors out there, if you're going to be playing golf, I don't think we have to worry too much about you. But if you're going to be playing a little pickup basketball, if you haven't jumped and you haven't stretched your hammies, your hamstrings for, uh, you know, a year or two, go slow out there. Go Kevin slow Hart, out. did you see, speaking of comedians, did you see he put himself in a wheelchair trying to win a race against a former NFL player, like a 40-yard dash? And I was going to say, I've dunked, but it's been off a trampoline. Back in the day, sometimes you would put a trance, probably very dangerous, but you would put a trampoline underneath a, uh, you know, like the big uh, trampolines directly underneath a basketball hoop, and you could then try to dunk on each other. Those old school, now they have the nets that surround the trampolines. You lived in New York. Did you ever get on one of those like trampolines back in the day? Like, like in the 80s and the early 90s? It was a big deal to have a trampoline yes. in your backyard. Do you remember that? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I knew people, and I knew people who definitely lost a front teeth, a front tooth or two from 
getting a little too. I mean, you would just get there. bounced off the trampoline all the time. People would fall through the springs. Now they have they put the netting around it, uh, but they used to put them underneath basketball rims, and so you could bounce. That's how you would dunk. Um, and so that's the only experience that I've ever gotten to have hanging on a basketball ring. What I was going to ask you, though, this was a long way of saying, I've never played a down of football. That's the one sport that I've really never, I tried even to throw around a lacrosse ball a little bit back in the day. You know, I'm from the Northeast, very common, but I, I was not good. But I've never tried football. Do your sons, or is there just one son so far plays football? Is that right? Well, I've got one in um, one in flag football, so I, I think that kind of counts. But it's you know young kids. We didn't allow them to play until sixth grade tackle football. But does every kid? Does every sixth grader? I'm just I ask this honestly. Do they all start out wanting to be the quarterback, and then over time they're like, oh, I'll be a tight end or a wide receiver? You know what I mean? I feel like more so than any other sport, unless maybe I guess you're a pitcher. That's a very specific thing. But, you know, if you if you get into it and you want to be a quarterback, that's like a very specific thing. And if you can't be the quarterback on the team, do you want to be like a D end or whatever? I, I wonder. Yeah, about so I, well, I think one size dictates very often where you get placed early on. So my 12 year old is a wide receiver and a cornerback in his seventh grade football. Uh, my eight-year-old is uh and it's flag football so everybody goes out and everybody can catch but more of a wide receiver too and they I think at least in their experience they want to play wide receiver more than they want to play any other position maybe running back a little bit um as well but it is uh I'll tell you Buck like I I don't know your your high school didn't have a, a high school football team right in New York which is not uncommon Oh, my high school did not even have a football team. Uh, Yeah, that's not uncommon in New York City at all. A lot of schools don't have a football team. My high school did not either. It was an academic high school, which is very rare in the South. Like, we were the only public high school, I think, in the whole city of Nashville that didn't have a team. So I didn't spend a lot of time going to high school football games, and now my boys are getting into that age. It's really pretty incredible. In the South, high school football on a Friday night is a monster deal. And I know all over the country it's a big deal. I just never experienced it. Well, I I love that show. Uh, I like the movie, although the movie was a little grim, uh, to be honest. The Friday, Friday Night, Night Lights. Night, oh, Friday yeah. Night Lights. It was a little, there was like nothing was allowed to be funny. There was no levity in the whole movie, but it was well executed. I think it's a Peter Berg movie that, who also did the um, Lone Survivor uh, movie and did, uh, I believe he did The Kingdom as well, which has got Jamie Foxx in it. But for the show Friday Night Lights, it didn't get the big audiences that they had hoped on NBC, I think, at the time. But I was part of that crew of people that loved that show. I thought that show was phenomenal. I don't know if you would sign on to this. I'm curious how many people in our audience would. I think Friday Night Lights is the best broadcast drama. Broadcast, that means everybody gets it for free. It's on ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. I'm taking out like the HBO, Showtime, streaming, all of that. I think Friday Night Lights is the best broadcast drama in the history of television. I don't think there has That's ever a been a That's a big swing you're one. taking there. All right, it's wow. a big swing, but think about it. You guys out there listening can think about it too. Name me a better show that we could all watch for free on television than Friday Night Lights. I think it's the best broadcast television show of all time. And the challenge for it, Buck, was, and I eventually got my wife watching it. I don't know if Carrie's watched it. A lot of women who are not sports fans didn't want to watch it because they were like, oh, it's just a football show. 
and a lot of men didn't want to watch it initially because it was a drama. Really, it's the story of a marriage, right? Coach Taylor and Tammy, his wife, the the Connie Britton character. Who are both phenomenal in the Kyle role. Kyle Chandler, like, is that the guy's that's name? Right. Play, yeah. yeah. They are both incredible. It's really just the story of a marriage. If you have not watched it and you are listening to us right now and you want something wholesome that your entire family could sit down and watch, I think it's the best broadcast drama in the history of free television. I don't think anything's ever been better. What is the show for this Labor Day weekend? Okay, let's do this, Clay, before we go here. A a show and a book that you would be your top, as people are going into their holiday weekend right now, from your end, a show that you think people, not, and like obviously not you know the most obvious thing, or like a Breaking Bad. We all know Breaking Bad. Some people think best show of all time. But a show that you've seen relatively recently and a book that you've read relatively recently that you would recommend to people out there for the holiday weekend if they're looking for one. Oh, that's a or great movie. question. Or movie. Show or movie. We'll make it a little broader. The show, I would just... I, people have heard me talk about this. I'll think about the book for a second. Um, the show... I would go with is uh, the righteous gemstones. This is very different from Friday night lights, by the way. So let me give you two angles, Friday night lights, wholesome. I guarantee that you will like it by and large, no matter it's not political in any way. Righteous gemstones is outrageously, outrageously provocatively uh, funny, but it is not appropriate for like a 10-year-old. You could watch Friday Night Lights with a 10-year-old. What about you? What would you? What would your picks be on television? I, I'm always a big proponent for, uh, for adults, and it's definitely an adults-only show. Um, Peaky Blinders for anybody who hasn't seen it. I still I haven't seen it. I know you've been, which, you've been You and my it. older brother, Mason, I, every time I see him and we start talking about shows, because you know, that's what brothers will talk about, stuff like that. I'm like, how have you not watched it? He always says he's busy, and I'm like, what does that mean? I'm not busy. Like, it's a great yeah, right. show, um, but uh, he'll he'll get to it at some point. And then, so I would throw that one out there for everybody. Carrie and I have really loved Outlander, which is again an adults. That's not for the whole family. It's an adults only show. But if you like Scotland, it's uh, it's a whole you know, there's a whole thing there. And then um, for books, oh man, I'm trying to think of something that I gave everyone. Shadow Divers was one of my wrecks, and uh, un, um, uh, Endurance, the Shackleton thing, which you read, that, which I appreciate. I read it. That is phenomenal. Yeah. That is yeah. a great book. It'll make you feel... I love reading books. This is maybe just me that make me realize what a total wuss I am because I think people have this sense, like if you're busy out there, I think it's important. This is why I gave everybody the uh, Lewis and Clark expedition on Dawning Courage because I think it's important to recognize how much more challenging circumstances people in our uh, modern history have come through and survived than anything that we deal with today. Because I think there's this obsession with believing that everything that happens right now is the worst or the biggest or the most important. Most of the time it isn't. And that's why historical uh, study teaches you, I think, a lot of, I would say, humbleness about trying to contextualize your current state. By the way, my wife just weighed in, Buck. She says she agrees with me. Friday Night Lights, best show on broadcast TV ever. 90210, she says, is second place. So I don't know if that just, if a lot of people were like buying in. No, no, this is strong. And then as soon as she said Beverly Hills 90210, her legitimacy was gone. 
I, I, I back her up on those are strong choices. I don't know if not two will be my number two slot, <laughs> but for broadcast TV, I think it's very has excellent. to be an hour long drama. That's the category. So people out there are like, what about Seinfeld? What about Friends? No, no, I'm talking about broadcast drama that everybody could watch for free, not streaming, not HBO, not Showtime, because I know I'm getting deluged already with people like, what about Sopranos? HBO show. I'm talking about you could watch it for free on television, not cable just regular broadcast television i'll come back and i'll give a a a book recommendation here we'll also look at some of your vip emails clay's gonna give a book as well we haven't done books we'll talk books for the labor day weekend that we guarantee if you give a shot to um including american playbook of course for my partner here so he doesn't have to sell it i'll tell everybody you will of course enjoy american playbook so i think that has to be clay's pick but we'll give you some other ones if you want something in the fiction realm maybe as well and we can uh, we can get into that but you know it's i i have ne- i'll tell you this i have never spent substantial time over a weekend um a long weekend reading a book and felt like it was not a good waste a, a good usage of time felt like it was a waste of time like many of us you might think identity theft will never happen to you but consider this there's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the u.s That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, govx.com is for you. You stepped up to serve our country and communities, and GovX delivers unbeatable deals that you've earned. GovX.com is the only site built exclusively to honor your service. Members save on epic brands and the gear they need for their on- and off-duty lives. You'll get incredible savings on tickets to live sports events, theme parks, and other entertainment. You can even save on travel, hotels, rental cars, cruises, and more. GovX donates a portion of every order to nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. Your orders make a meaningful impact. You can become a member in seconds. Signing up is fast and free. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com. That's G-O-V-X.com. Use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX. That's GovX. Code CLAY. G-O-V-X-C-L-A-Y savings for those who serve on this program clay and i are here to help you cut through the noise the ulterior motives to uncover the truths that no one else is going to tell you that's what our colleague mark chaikin does but for the u.s stock market mark worked on wall street for 50 years across those decades he invented three new indices for the nasdaq and has predicted some of the biggest market shifts of the past decade including the recent mania in ai stocks mark says the majority of americans are Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck. 
play. What what were your your did you give the book recs? You just gave a book. Yeah, I gave right? the two book recs. Those are page turners. Those are fiction works. Um, I tweeted that out as well. If you just type in, if you're curious, page turner at Clay Travis, you'll see those two titles. I got them in a bookstore. Are you like me? I know you are, in fact, because we've talked about this. Yeah. I don't know, on air, off air, at least in this respect. I'm terrified of being stuck on a plane without something to read. I, I always I bring a Kindle and a hard copy book just because I'm such a weirdo about I need to be able to read if I'm on that plane. So I want, because it's not because, I mean, I do read Kindle, but sometimes it like freezes or the power goes out. And so that's how I have to have a backup book ready on the plane because otherwise I get anxious. I go on Southwest Airlines a lot because it's the most common airline in Nashville. So yes, I'm I'm on those flights all the time. If you're like, I don't, Clay Travis flies Southwest. Yes, I fly Southwest all the time. And there's no plugs for your phone you can't charge a phone on a southwest airlines flight i have been on planes before i'm sure many of you have too it's one thing if you're you're worried about your phone running out and you don't have a charger it's another thing when there is no charger opportunity so i have been terrified for years of my phone dying and not having so i make fun like you some people have seen me probably listening to us right now like i will walk on with like eight newspapers. I mean, I look like a newspaper delivery man. And then I'll also have hard copy books in case I run through all of my uh, reading material. And that's how I ended up. I was like, man, I'm everything's so serious in the world. I just want a couple of page turners, little murder mystery action. I just, and they were fabulous. I loved them. So I have a book. Since you like that genre, and I'm sure these days having written your nonfiction book, I mean, this one thing that I tell myself is I'm already stacking up things that I can just read for fun yeah. as a enticement to finish the drafting of my book which has got a few more months in it of writing um but i am pilgrim by terry hayes i don't know how many of you know this book no i don't it's know it a, at all i'm writing it down it's a war on terror genre um it may be written i don't know i think it was maybe 15 years ago 10 15 years ago it was published uh it is one of the best and most tightly written it's the guy who did the movie i think he's a screenwriter for the movie uh payback with mel gibson as well but he also oh yeah i remember that movie yeah yeah he wrote this novel and it is it is excellent it is an excellent novel it's it's spy thriller stuff and it's really good so i am pilgrim by terry hayes if you want that you know that kind of jack jack carr brad thor genre but something a little bit different because I think our audience that likes that genre is probably written. I mean, read all the Jack Carr books and maybe has, yeah. have read. If you're a Brad Thor or Jack Carr person, Jack's a friend of ours, so we're obviously big Jack Carr fans. And I've got his uh, "Only the Dead" right. It's in my going to get to pile. I've got my yes. going to get to pile with "Only the Dead" in it. Um, for those who want something a little different that doesn't involve you know shooting espionage stuff like that. Um, I think either the Billion Dollar Whale or Bad Blood by John Kerry. Bad Blood's about Theranos. Billion Dollar Whale is about Joe Lowe, the one MDB fraudster. Oh, yeah. Those are both... The 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 way that both of those frauds were, were pulled off is true page-turner kind of stuff. Um, and so those would be the ones that immediately come to mind for me. Um, I've read Bad to- Blood. That is really good. Um for people out there, I think that came out of like a New Yorker article that somebody wrote and turned into John a Kerry wrote the Wall Street Journal. Actually, he was a Wall okay, Street Journal reporter uh, who wrote a series. He I mean, it's amazing. He doesn't just write about this. He it's written about in the book. They came after him for writing. Yeah, about it. right. The fraudsters 
Elizabeth Holmes is now getting 11 years, I think, in federal prison, and I think she's starting her sentence pretty soon. I right? think she's, she's already in, turned herself she's in. She's already in, right. yeah. She's got an 11-year federal sentence. Her, She got one of the biggest, baddest law firms out there to sit down at the Wall Street Journal and basically threaten lawsuits. Let's try to refute all of his reporting about the fake uh, fake blood machines that she was alleged to have created. It's, it's yep. a fabulous read. It really to, is a bad You one. know, to the Wall Street Journal's credit, didn't didn't back down an inch on this one. I mean, it, you know, it helps to be backed by the Murdochs and uh, you know to have have big boy funds to play with. But remember, Murdoch himself lost hundreds of millions of dollars in that investment. He was one of the top investors for Elizabeth Theranos. For Theranos, it's it's a phenomenal a phenomenal um, book. I have to tell you. And then I I on my two read. I, there's so many I could tell you that I have read, um, but on my two read pile right now. I have Barbara Tuckman, A Distant Mirror. Barbara Tuckman wrote The Guns of August, which is one of the most famous World War I histories. So uh, I haven't read A Distant Mirror yet, but that's on my to-read book. Do we want to get some of the callers in? Yeah, let's do it. We have, hold on a second, uh, Phil in Austin, Texas. Phil, what's going on? Hey, good afternoon, guys. It's so great to uh, talk to you both. I've talked to you individually on your other shows, and you guys are filling in the legend and doing a fantastic job. Uh, I wanted to bring up the uh, Friday Night Lights uh, because I live down here in Austin, and uh, Michael Waxman, who was the executive producer of that show, uh, we used to rodeo with his daughters, and my daughters were actually extras on that show. That's and awesome. That show was really, and that was really good. But then you brought up Twenty Four, which was another, you know, great show that both my wife and I um, really loved and enjoyed quite a bit. I I think, and 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 I'm not kidding about this. Thank you for the call. And they filmed all of Friday Night Lights in Austin. We are number one in Austin. I would imagine that a lot of you who are listening here. If you were in Austin around that era, remember there being streets and roads shut down because filming was going on in that area. If you, I, I mean, I, I'm, I cannot impress upon you enough how good of a show Friday Night Lights is. If you have not watched it, even if you're not a diehard sports fan, Buck, you're not like a diehard football fan. It's just that good of a show. Oh, absolutely. It's it's super well written. It's very well acted. The characters are really, um, there's only one or two instances where you have somebody who's clearly in his mid-30s playing a high school kid, which I always think it's like, why do they do this? Like, can't they get an actor or actress who's, you know, in their 20s to play the 18-year-old or the 16-year-old or whatever it may be? Um, there's only one or two actors who I think look like, uh, you know, they would have kids of their own who are in Friday Night Lights. For the most part, it's very well cast. Uh, it's, an, it's an excellent, excellent show. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think of other broadcast shows it's funny, I watch so little broadcast TV that I can't even really think uh, off the top of my head of anything that's a drama like that that would go. And that, like, I found out recently there's a Navy SEAL TV show. I didn't even know about this, and I tend to watch a lot of that stuff. I think it was uh, NBC or ABC. So there are whole things that go on that get tens of millions of dollars spent on them that I, I have absolutely um, no idea. Uh, so we've got we've got a stacked list here of calls. Let's see what we got from Jason in Amarillo, Texas. Jason, what's going on? Oh, not much, guys. Hope you all are doing well. Hope you all have a good weekend. Thank um, you, sir. You too. I got a couple, well, thank you. Uh, I got a couple of books I recommend. Uh, the first one 
is called Empire <clears throat> of the Summer Moon. Isn't that a movie, by the way, for people out there who may not be readers? Isn't that a movie that's coming out soon in theaters, or am I crazy? I do not know, sir. All I know, it was it's a book written about 10 or 15 years ago. I cannot remember the, the man who wrote his name, uh, but it's just about the rise and fall of the uh, Comanche Indian tribe, all of the constant warfare down in Texas. Uh, Clay, I think you're a history guy, so you probably know about Cynthia Ann Parker and um, uh, Kiwana Parker and stuff like that. At least I think a lot of people in Texas know about them. And uh, so very good book, straight down the middle, not biased towards one side or the other. Jason, I'll tell you, I have that on my, not in my immediate to read, but I I already own that book. So that's a a book that I've been meaning to get to. I highly recommend it. I've read it twice. S.C. Gwynn, by the way, is the author of that book. I have not read it. I would love to read it. And I'm trying to look right now and see, am I crazy or are they making a movie about that? And I can't tell right now. Um so, uh, but anyway, keep going. You had a couple of recommendations you wanted to give us. I, I actually say you can actually see that guy FC Gwen on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, and he talks about the book. So it is as, as a couple years ago he did that. Uh, but the second book is called uh, On Desperate Ground. Uh, I think the guy who wrote his name is Hampton Sides, and it's a few years old. It's about the First Marine Division uh, during the Battle of the Chosin Reservoir. Uh, very good book. Read it twice as well, so I highly recommend that. Uh, so, oh, I, that, that sounds great. I, I've got. I'm looking at my bookshelf. You know, I do the radio show with my bookshelf right right next to me. And if we're talking World War, I mean, there's a whole. We could do a whole segment or a whole hour on just World War II books. Uh, for me, uh, with the old breed helmet for my pillow, Neptune's Inferno, all of those. I've read those. Those are awesome. I'm a big fan, and uh, I've got those in the bookshelf right in front of me here. Plus, Keegan's History of the Second World War. That's a little more kind of traditional historian, obviously, not a first-person account like you get from uh, with the... Have you ever read with the old breed? With the old breed and helmet for my pillow are effectively combined for the HBO series The Pacific. No, Phenomenal. I haven't read that. Oh, my gosh. Now, no, I'm get, if you For fiction, Clay, I'm giving Clay homework, okay, for yeah. his... For fiction, check out um, I Am Pilgrim. And for uh, nonfiction, World War II stuff, I, I'd start with With the Old Breed and Eugene Sledge. It's 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 just so good and like kind of haunting, but amazing as a read. So I would throw that in the mix. Uh, I'm a Civil War history nerd, so I really legitimately believe I've read every major Civil War history book that has been written in the last 40 or 50 years, and a lot of them that were written before that. Sunday Sizzle with Clay and Buck. This is a fun call, Buck. Uh, I was talking about the fact that I won a halftime contest at an NFL stadium halftime show. This is a long time ago. This is back in 2002, I think. And Tim in Florida called in wanting to ask, for people who were not listening... I won a Mercury Mountaineer, brand new, and I won a pontoon boat. Tim in Florida, you have a question about that. Well, I just need to know the rest of the story. <laughs> you can't tell us you won a free truck and a boat and not so, tell us how it ended up. So I drove the car for like 12 years. Um, I drove the Mercury Mountaineer. Is that I didn't wood, have a car. Is that the nicest panels, car I had. Is it wood-paneled sides? No, no, no. The Mercury Mountaineer was like a uh, luxury version of the Ford Explorer. So for anybody, I think they've shut down the Mercury aspect. It was owned by, I believe, Ford. 
And if you've ever driven in a Ford Explorer, okay. the Mercury Mountaineer was like the luxury version of the Ford Explorer. Basically. I'm thinking of the Wagoneer, right. I yes. believe. Yes. So I drove that for years until uh, until basically that car ran out. And then I traded it in and got a new car like after 10 years or something. I drove it for a long time. I sold the pontoon. I was in law school. I had no money. I sold the pontoon boat back to the pontoon boat salesman. And he just gave me a check for like, I think it was 15K, which is not a small amount of money now. But it was a monster amount of money to me then. Um, and, uh, and so I kept the car. And I had to pay tax on it, by the way. So the IRS agents out there listening in 2002 or whatever, I didn't have a lot of income, but I had to pay tax on the car and I had to pay tax on the boat. Uh, But so I paid a lot of the taxes with the money that I got for selling the boat. And yeah, I mean, it was a, you know, $50,000 plus prize package that I won on the football field. Wow. I mean, did you ever have a car with wood paneled sides? Because I did. That's why I'm asking about this. I had a road, Uh, a Buick Roadmaster station wagon was my first car in the 80s. I feel like every parent we did not. But I feel like every parent that's car that I got into. You remember bucking that old like station? I bet those are going to come back in style with the wood paneling on the side. The Roadmaster is now considered a classic and they're tough to find, and they're like the price is not some old. It's like a collectible now. Do you remember? I, I bet a lot of people listening to us right now, because I remember being the kid in the back. They had in the way back of the wood paneled uh, car. They had a rear facing yes seat. Do you remember? Yes. I, I don't think they even make cars that have rear facing seats anymore. You, you are you describing. Had, like, my beloved Roadmaster. That's exactly it. Had the very back bench seat facing in reverse. Yes, and I remember that that was back in the day. First of all, your kids would run around like crazy because you wanted to be reverse facing. The fact that I don't am I correct? I don't think there's a single vehicle that they make now where you face the other direction. I imagine that probably wasn't very safe for rear car accidents, right? Because you're literally going right into, it's like a, a, a front-facing accident. You know, you've got, uh, for National Lampoon's vacation, it was a Ford Country Squire that was the wood-paneled uh, car for that one. That Chevy so, Chase drove. Yes, the Chevy Chase station wagon is a Ford Country Squire. I don't know if you find too many of those on the road. That was 1979. Do you remember the woman who pulled up beside Chevy Chase? The Is really it Claudia good look- Schiffer? Am I right? Good guess. No. Uh, I believe uh, I'm other, correct. The in other this. one, <laughs> Christy Brinkley. Thank you. Yes, Christy Brinkley was the model who pulled up next to the family station wagon. Later, ended up swimming in the pool at the uh, at the motel. Uh, but I don't think, am I correct in this? I don't think there is a single car that's made today where you face backwards. Tying it all together, Buck, Southwest Airlines, their airplanes you used to face rear uh, up in the front of the airplane for old school Southwest flyers. That doesn't exist now either. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. 
Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 